Welcome back to In The Blues, my name's Shane. It's that time of year where I release my annual end of year wrap up. This is the best and worst music products of 2022. This is my sixth annual one as well, so thank you so much for all the support with this particular series. I always look forward to doing this. It's great to reflect on some of the stuff I had my hands on, some of the stuff I purchased, and some of the stuff that might not have lived up to expectations. Before we get into it, a massive thanks to all of the subscribers, Patreon crew, and channel members for their continued support in 2022. I had no idea I'd still be doing this at the end of this year when I first left my job back in 2014. Now, I was doing YouTube long before that, but it's crazy to still think the channel is still moving forward. So thank you so much. If you're already subscribed and you like what I do, double check the bell notification, unclick it, click it again, and hit all notifications. That way you'll be notified of videos that I post. You don't have to watch them all if they don't all interest you, but at least you'll be notified. It's a huge help for the channel. If you'd like to check out any of the gear that I talk about in this video, I'll post some affiliate links down in the description below. They help support the channel at no cost to you. Here we go. Let's kick things off with one of the more fun topics, the best random stuff of 2022. I'm gonna start by talking about the frying fret polish. It's really tough to say, give it a go. This basically allows you to clean your frets and it comes with a little toolkit it allows you to do it nice and simply. A little while ago, I cleaned the frets on my Gibson Flying V, which were completely corroded due to a damp issue here at the house. And the frying fret polish, man, that's hard to say, worked beautifully. I have no hesitations recommending it. A lot of people will also use those little erasers, which work really well also. But I found the frying fret polish just easier to source. It's cheaper and it worked beautifully. I think I paid about $25 or $30 for it. Now, of course, there's a million different ways you could probably clean the frets, but the frying fret polish works extremely well. I bought this myself and it was one of the best products of the year for 2022. And by the looks of it, it's probably gonna last about 10 or 15 years. You only need a little bit and it works beautifully. Over to one of the most impressive things I've had a chance to showcase on the channel and I've been using it for the last month or two is this. This is the AEAN22 ribbon microphone. This is made in the United States. And while it's not cheap, it's not as expensive as a Royal 121. You're getting an extended high-end frequency response, which makes it a one-and-done microphone. If you're in a situation where you're looking for a ribbon microphone, you've got a fair budget, give this one a look. This saves you the need to have a second microphone. You can always do that, of course, and get a blend between them both. But if you want a one-and-done ribbon microphone, this is by far the best one that I've used. While this microphone sounds unreal for electric guitar cabinets, thanks to its maximum sound pressure level, you can essentially use it for anything like drum overheads, kick drum, brass, whether it be saxophone or trumpet. It even sounds great on my voice doing spoken word stuff. And I used this on my voice in the review video and a lot of people commented on how great it sounded. So it's a beautiful sounding microphone. Check them out, I'll link it below. Another one of the products that really surprised me is this, and I've been using it nonstop when I go out and play live. This is the Artist PBB-01 Power Supply. This gives us seven outputs that we can then power our pedals from. We also get one 300 milliamp output, so that's usually enough to power a few pedals just with a daisy chain, and this thing works beautifully. On top of all of that, it's dirt cheap, coming in at only 69 Australian dollars, roughly 40 or so US dollars. I also love the fact it has a USB output. So if you need power to your phone or tablet for a gig and you need to read the lyrics, you can do that, or you can just charge your phone. This also has USB-C charging as well, which is always a massive advantage over those old micro USB ports. And just to let you know that it's on, we get some LED indicators. It's just those little things like that that make this extremely flexible. If you're a live player, this will make your life a whole lot easier. Charge it up once and you get plenty of runtime out of it. You don't have to go worrying about whether or not your one spot or whatever power supply you use is going to reach the wall socket or if there's a spare plug on the wall. If you've ever gigged, you know exactly what I mean. So this gets the big thumbs up. 
The last thing I want to throw into this random section was the Focusrite Scarlett 18i8 audio interface. I purchased this about two or three months ago as of shooting this video, and I've been using it on every video in this room since that's required an audio interface. It's just a great sounding audio interface. It replaced my old Steinberg UR22 Mark II, which was on its last legs. I basically wore it out over the last five or so years, but it lasted great. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to try one of these because I had a chance to use one at Jerry's Lefty Guitars when I was shooting videos over there. And his audio interface surprised me for a number of different reasons. The first thing I love about this audio interface is the fact that I can see my input gain visually thanks to some LED lights on the front of the unit, which lets you know if you're in the safe green zone, whether or not it's starting to get hot in the orange zone or whether you're clipping in the red zone. These are LEDs that flash on each of the channels. This is invaluable for what I do, and it's one of the major reasons why I think this is one of the most functional units of the year for me. My only strike against this unit, unlike some of the less expensive options from Focusrite, is the fact that I don't get a mix control on the front. And this mix control is usually a pot where you can decide how loud your recorded electric guitar tone would be, for example, and your playback volume if you're jamming to a backing track. You have to do this via software. It's not the end of the world, but it's a huge oversight in my opinion. But still, I love this unit because of those four XLR ins on the front. Let's talk amplifiers. Without question, the amplifier of the year was the Hagerman PP12 push-pull 12 watt amplifier. This thing sounds unbelievable. Unlike a lot of popular amp companies, which are just re-releasing slightly modified versions of Marshall or Fender amplifiers, yet charging a fortune, this is a unique circuit. It might run EL84s and 12AX7s, but it doesn't sound like a Vox. It doesn't sound like a Marshall. It doesn't really sound like a Fender. It has its own thing going on. And one of my favorite features is the contour control. This allows you to bring in a frequency that will help you cut the mix. This is an absolutely beautiful sounding amplifier. I've showcased some live clips on the channel and it was the star of the show tone-wise for me. I've never had a better Stratocaster tone. Not only does it sound great without pedals, it takes pedals beautifully. If you're looking for something very different that sounds unbelievably good, it's made in Hawaii. Go check it out. The Hagerman amplifier sounds unbelievable. I'll link Jim's website down in the description below. This next amplifier is great if you're looking for something you can use at home to just crank up and get really great tones. This is the Custom Defender 5-watt amplifier head. I got sent this out with the matching single 12 cabinet, and while the cabinet is nice and light, the speaker in there won't be for everybody. You can get really gnarly tweed tones all the way up to really saturated lead tones just by cranking up the master volume. One of the things that really makes this amplifier pretty unique is its voicing control. There's not your standard EQ stack or anything like that. It just gives you five or so different options that allow you to cycle through different EQ sweeps so you can get more or less treble more or less bass just by moving the dial. My favorite one was the second one from the right. In my opinion, that one just sounded the best to my ear, at least with the gear that I had. The biggest takeaway is this amp doesn't stay clean for long. So if you're looking for an amplifier that you can just crank up and get tube saturated tones, this would be the way to go. I'm next gonna talk about the Joyo BSK60 acoustic amplifier. What? An acoustic mention on my channel. <laughs> I have to mention this one, not only is the build quality excellent, but the overall sound is phenomenal. This amplifier completely exceeded my expectations. So if you're looking for something you can blend a vocal microphone with an acoustic guitar, turn on some reverb. It also has a noise gate, which helps eliminate feedback. 
This thing is phenomenal. While I don't often speak about acoustic gear much, when I find something I like, I have to mention it, and this Joyo amplifier is awesome. So if you're an acoustic player looking to plug in and make some noise, I'll link this one down below. It's definitely worth it. It's also far more affordable than other brands who provide the same sort of feature-rich options as this amplifier. So check it out if you get a chance. Up next is the best practice amplifier of 2022, and it has one feature that I can't believe no other company has thought of, which is why it lands a spot in the best of 2022. This is the Nuex Mighty Space Practice Amplifier. So there's a lot to like about this. I can't go through all of the specs and the video will come up on the channel in the next few days after shooting this. But this particular amplifier is a stereo practice amp. It's wireless as well, so it comes with a transmitter. It has Bluetooth connectivity, drum samples, IRs, effects, looper, everything. It comes with a foot switch, but that's not the best of it. The best of it is you can use this as a dedicated amplifier head thanks to the speaker output on the back. What this means is you can run this amplifier as a head through your favorite cabinet, whether you've got a single 12, a 2x12, a 10-inch cab, it doesn't matter. You can run this amplifier as an amp into a much larger speaker. This opens up a world of possibilities. This is also loud enough to jam with friends. It's quite loud. 30 watts out into a large speaker is louder than you might think. Now, while this is a digital modeling amplifier, going out into a big speaker, it feels unbelievable under the fingers. When you see my video review pop up, give it a watch. It's one of the best sounding digital modeling amplifiers I've ever played. One of the things that Nuex got right is the functionality. The top panel is all analog looking, so you can just add more gain, add more reverb, whatever the case may be. If you go into the app, it's where you can really customize the amplifier, change the cabinets, change the effects, change the order of the effects and all that kind of stuff. So it's a very powerful app. The great news is you can store up to seven presets. So if you get the sound you like, you never have to open the app again. Yes, and then you can just use the foot switch to go between each of the presets or use the button on the top of the amplifier. So functionality is paramount when it comes to digital modeling amps and Nuex got this right. If you're looking for an all-in-one amplifier solution and you're into the whole digital modeling thing, give the Nuex Mighty Space a look. It's a great practice amp and it makes for an even better experience going through a much larger cabinet. Up next is an amplifier that completely caught me off guard. This is the Marshall 2525C Silver Jubilee Amplifier Combo. There's a lot to like about this relatively small studio version of Marshall's amp. This is hand-built in the UK, so they do cost a little bit more. But that aside, these amps are so usable. If you're a studio muso looking for a really great tone, this would be a really great choice. Even though you don't get reverb with this amp, the tones sort of take care of itself. I didn't really miss it once I got the amp to the sweet spot. Now this is a 20 watt amplifier combo. It's all valve, but you can switch it down to five watts and get really great recorded tones at much lower volumes. Now, five watts is still pretty loud when you're talking about a 12 inch speaker in a room cranked, especially if you're in an apartment, for example, which is why I always recommend a one watt tube amp in those scenarios or an amp you can turn down even lower than five watts. But this amplifier has tone for days. I love the clean channel. The off clean, getting it to that spot sounded great. The drive channel also sounded unreal. Now, not everybody likes this amplifier in terms of its tone. You either love it or you find it a little bit clacky sounding, but this amp really surpassed my expectations. I had a blast filming this and also another Marshall amplifier, which I'm gonna leave off the list because they're both very similar to each other, but I love this Silver Jubilee. But the 2525C, it's all right with me. I could feel that rhyme coming. <laughs> Over to the best electric guitars of 2022. Now, if you don't know the channel, I'm actually a Southpaw, I play left-handed, but all of the guitars on this list are also available in right-handed configuration. When I put this list together, the first one that came to mind was the Epiphone ES335. 
I've been a huge fan of these guitars over the years. I played an Epiphone Dot 335 for a very long time as my first gigging guitar. It was such a great instrument and I really regret getting rid of it. I think this new Epiphone ES335 is the best one that I've ever seen. Not only does it have a nicer finish, the neck feels great, it's extremely playable, but it has a block down the center which makes it far more versatile than something like the Epiphone Casino. Additionally, the pickups in this guitar don't need replacing. They sound fantastic. They've got a great top end which is sometimes rare on an ES335 and allows you to get really clean and clear solo tones with or without overdrive. And the great news is these pickups also handle high volume and higher gain tones far better than a lot of other alternatives. If you're looking for an Epiphone and you're on the fence between a Casino and an ES335, get the ES335, especially if you're a gigging musician, it's a far more usable instrument. The next guitar I have to put on this list is the Eastman SB59 Gold Top LP. This Les Paul style electric guitar absolutely slays. It's such a great instrument. I think there's a bit of a misconception when it comes to Eastman guitars. A lot of people think they're just mass-produced guitars, but they're actually handmade instruments. They're every bit as good as far more expensive handmade Gibsons at a fraction of that price. They're not cheap guitars, but they are somewhat affordable when you compare them up against the alternatives, and they play and sound fantastic. One of the things that really stood out about this guitar when I played it at Jerry's Lefty Guitars overseas is the fact the pickups were as nice as they are. The Eastman SB59 is loaded with a set of Seymour Duncan 59 humbucker pickups, and they sound unbelievable. This guitar, for those who don't know my channel, I own a Japanese-made Tokai LS110, which I've kept even though I've owned far more expensive Gibson guitars. This is every bit as nice. It's a beautiful instrument. The top looks great. It's got a big, fat 50s neck. And overall, it's one of the nicest LP-style guitars I've ever played from any brand. If you haven't played an Eastman, give them a go. I'll try and find some links so you can check them out in your part of the world down below. This is a really special instrument, and overall, it was one of the best guitars I played at Jerry's Lefty Guitars. Over the course of this year, I had a chance to test and review a number of different Gibson SGs, but there was one that really stood out, the Gibson SG Modern in Trans Black. Not only did this look completely different to the rest of the Gibson lineup, it was loaded with a great sounding set of Burst Bucker pickups, which are my favorite pickups when it comes to the Gibson lineup. This guitar comes loaded with 24 frets and a compound radius, so it's very comfortable to play and very versatile. One of the features I usually avoid on Gibson guitars is the whole split coil or single coil tones, thanks to this push-pull pot feature. This guitar was one of the first where I found it completely usable, which is unlike any of the guitars I've ever owned with this particular feature. So overall, they got this right. Whether you like the look of the trans black fade is completely subjective. They also have one in a blueberry fade as well. But the black to my eye looks really cool. It's a great point of difference. Let us know what you think of this one in the comment section. If you're looking for something a little bit different, this next guitar might be for you. This is the Yamaha Revstar Element RSE20. This was the first time that I ever played a Yamaha Revstar because they've never made lefties before. I also got to play the model up from this one as well, but I really like the RSE20. There's something about its simplicity and overall feel and design that really appeals to a simple guy like me. The first thing that really stood out when I picked this guitar up was how great the satin neck felt in my hand. There's no stick or anything like that. If you're not a huge fan of super high gloss necks, the RSC20 absolutely feels beautiful. Secondly, the tonal options on this guitar are fantastic. Not only do we get a great sounding pair of humbuckers that have lots of top end, they sound great clean, 
You can also throw as much overdrive or distortion on them as you like, and the guitar will have no problems with squeal or anything like that. You also get another feature, which I think is the star of the show. On the tone control, there's a push-pull option. This enables the dry switch, which adds a high-pass filter. So rather than splitting the coils conventionally, it's rolling out some of the low end. So you get a buzz-free experience, but with kind of like the tones of a mini humbucker or single coil pickup. It's a really great feature, and I haven't seen this on too many other instruments. Being that this guitar comes with a three-way toggle switch, we can switch between bridge, both pickups, and neck. It's a much more simple system than you'll find on the standard model, which has a five-way toggle switch. Now, it's up to you which one you like the best. Both are beautiful guitars, but I love the feel of this guitar, the simplicity, and the tones. I don't think there's much of a compromise between getting the RSE 20 and the standard. This year was the first time I ever got to play a baritone electric guitar, this being the Harley Benton MR Classic Baritone SB. Now we all know Harley Benton guitars, some people love them, some people don't, it's up to you. But if you're looking for an affordable baritone guitar that has a great sounding set of P90 style pickups in it, this would be an absolute no-brainer. And it really makes you play differently. It made me play more chord-based stuff than I've ever played before, and that's where I think it really shines. If you're a songwriter looking to get a different sound, this is where the baritone guitars make a lot of sense. This guitar completely surprised me, and it also motivated me to play it. And I also got to play the MR Classic, which was a standard six-string electric guitar with a very similar design, and that was a great-sounding guitar. You could put either one of these two on the list, but I want to add something a little bit different and this baritone guitar definitely ticks the box. This is a really great sounding electric and if you haven't played a baritone before, give one a shot. If you're unfamiliar with the channel, I have a series called Guitar Search Saturdays where I go to guitar shops wherever I travel. One of the guitars I saw in Hawaii when I first went there earlier in the year was Tajima or Tajima, however you wanna say it, that's up to you. Tajima guitars are kind of made in two separate areas. So you've got your more expensive Brazilian made ones because the owner, even though it's a Japanese name, he lives and makes the guitars in Brazil. There's also the ones that are made in Asia and they're far more affordable. And those are the ones that I'll be talking about in this video. Now there weren't any lefties at that particular time, but I picked them up and I had a look and I went, man, these feel and look amazing. They look every bit as good as SX guitars, and maybe more of the standard classic vibe series without talking about those anniversary models. So it's somewhere around there, but they're more affordable as they should be because the name recognition just isn't a household name. Later in the year, I was in Melbourne, Florida, not Melbourne, Australia, but Melbourne, Florida, and I went to a store called Wickham Road Music where they had lefties. They had a lot of lefty guitars in that shop and I finally got to play some Tajima Electrics. Now, while the amplifier I was playing through was essentially a practice amplifier, I could tell instantly just how much of a quality instrument it was considering its price. These are well worth a look if you're looking for something different from your Squires or SX guitars. Give Tajima or Tajima guitars a look. They're well worth it. They make strats, tallies, and just about every other style of electric guitar that's common in the marketplace, but they're less expensive. So check them out as an affordable option for someone getting started. These would be high on my list. This year, I finally got to play a Michael Kelly guitar. This was the Patriot Decree OP, which stands for Open Pour. The black finish on this guitar looked absolutely stunning. Not only that, it's a string through body. So for an LP style electric guitar, you don't often see this. I think it's a great point of difference. Visually, this guitar looks stunning, but better than that, it also plays extremely well. This is one of the best playing guitars of the year without any question. 
The pickups loaded in this guitar are called the PAF Plus pickups, and they'll handle anything from really great chirpy clean tones all the way through to as much gain as you want to throw on it. The body's also chambered as well, so it's a little bit lighter than your conventional Gibson Les Paul. I love the fact this guitar can be either used as a traditional LP style with a three-way toggle switch, and you'll be ready to rock out with the humbucker tones, or you get up to eight options if you start using the push-pull configuration. Visually, this guitar's beautiful. In the hand, it felt great, and it also sounded amazing. These are well worth a look if you're looking for something different. I know I'm a little bit late to the party with the Michael Kelly guitars, but this holds its own with guitars that are thousands of dollars more expensive, so definitely give them a look. This year was the first time I got to play a guitar made in England, and it was a great experience. This is the Maybury guitar Fishhook T, or Fishhook Tally Style Electric. On the surface, this might appear just to be another Tally Style Electric guitar, but this is handmade in England. Feel is one of those things that's a little bit hard to convey when you're doing a sit-down talk video like this, but it really does feel premium in the hand. If you've ever played a custom shop style electric guitar, that's kind of how this feels. Everything from the top to the fretboard inlay markers, everything's just a little bit different. I love the headstock design on this and how it's kind of burnt in with the logo. There's lots of really cool things, including locking tuners on this guitar as well. So it came in a great gig bag. The pickups sound fantastic because he actually uses Fender made in Japan 1980s style pickups, which are unreal. Well, not style, they're authentic made in Japan Fender pickups. So it has the classic Fender tone and those are pretty highly sought after on the used market. If you're in the market for something handmade that's very different and also very visually striking, check out Maybury Guitars. This next guitar has to be one of my favorites of all time. This is the Taya Apache. What makes this really unique is we get a voice control. So it's loaded with two humbucker pickups, but you can make it sound like anything from a Strat to a Telecaster, all the way to an acoustic guitar, just by using a very simple voicing control. It really does cover so much ground sonically, and it really puts it into a league of its own. Now, visually, this is very different, and as are the rest of the guitars in their range. But the cool thing about this instrument is it's a straight-up dual humbucker electric guitar. I think it looks and sounds amazing. I got some of the best tones I got at Jerry's session with this Taya Apache. If you're looking at this guitar thinking, hey, is this a Zemantis guitar? It's not, they actually did get the nod from Zemantis on their design. These guitars are handmade in Nashville in the United States and they sound unbelievable. Visually, this won't be for everybody, but I think it looks beautiful, but better than that, it felt amazing to play. It sounded great in the hand. A little bit on the heavy side again, being it's a typical mahogany body electric guitar, but by far the most versatile guitar I've ever played when it comes to its tonality. This next guitar is one I've always wanted as a lefty, and it was a Jerry's Lefty Guitars. He has them custom made for his shop, and this is one I'll probably end up buying. It's the Sir Legacy. Now, if you've ever seen On the Night by Dire Straits, it's basically that style guitar. It's that Sir Pencer style electric loaded with EMGs. These EMG pickups sound unbelievable. I have no idea why some people give them a hard time. This was one of the best sounding electric guitars that I've ever played not only on the neck and middle positions and those combinations, but the bridge humbucker size pickup also sounded phenomenal. So this is on my radar as a guitar to get. I think moving into next year, I'm gonna have to get rid of some stuff, get some extra cash, and maybe make a deposit on one. Man, it sounds unbelievable. Let us know what you think. Another really beautiful guitar that we had a chance to test on the channel, Ben actually showcased it here in the studio. It was the Reverend Jetstream 390 electric guitar. This is loaded with three P90 pickups, which is a really unusual combination. Reverend guitars are extremely consistent instruments. Their quality control is awesome, 
and you can get some really unique sounds and tones out of it thanks to one of the contour controls which is this passive design pot to give you more or less low end in your sound so you can essentially roll it out and get a thinner more sort of stratty style tone we can roll it up and get a much fatter p90 tone this contour pot is found basically in every reverend guitar that i've ever seen i don't know if it is in all of them but it's in a lot of them and it's one of the most flexible tone shaping tools you can get on an electric guitar this reverend jetstream 390 is definitely worth a look and again i'll link that down in the description below the last guitar I'm going to put into this list, even though I could fill it up with 20 great guitars, is the LSL Bad Bone. LSL guitars are handmade in Los Angeles, California, and this particular instrument had a rosewood neck. So it was a little bit heavier than some of the other models in the series, but it's absolutely beautiful. This is easily as good or better than high-end Fender Custom Shop guitars at a more affordable price. Now, these aren't cheap, but they're nowhere near as crazy as Fender Custom Shop prices. Additionally, LSL make their own pickups. So whether you're looking for a humbucker guitar or one with single coils, there's plenty of different options and they sound absolutely beautiful. Playability-wise, this guitar wiped the floor with most of my Telecasters, I hate to admit it, but it was really nice. Tone-wise, it's just different and visually it might not be for everybody, but I love the metallic finish on this. I think they did a really great job when it came to the overall presentation. Presentation aside, this guitar plays so great, and if you're looking for something a little bit less mainstream, give LSL a look. One of the new categories I'm throwing in this year, being that I got a chance to really visit some amazing guitar shops, is the best guitar shops. Now, they're all great in their own unique way, but there was a few that definitely stood out. Earlier this year, we went to Hawaii, and one of the great shops there is called Dan's Guitars. I've heard about this place for years, but I'd never been to Hawaii, and getting a chance to go in there and check out their gear, this is really something special. Not only do they have a great range of new guitars, and it's packed full of gear considering the size of the shop, there's also a great selection of used equipment. This is one of the things I love about the US. This is what really makes it special, but on top of all of that great stuff, there's always a great selection of vintage gear at Dan's Guitars as well. This shop is just crammed full of some of the best and most unique guitars you can see on the island. So if you do go to Honolulu at any particular point in time, check out Dan's Guitars. It's definitely worth a visit. Up next is Good Guys Music and Sound. Now, while the footprint of this shop is relatively small, they pack so much great stuff into this store. They sell both used and new gear. So much like Dan's guitars, you walk into Good Guys Music and Sound and you don't know what you're going to find. And this is one of the beauties of this shop. I saw almost mint condition Fender Supersonic 60 amplifiers. They had an original Fender Super Reverb, Fender Twin amplifiers. PV amplifiers. It was so much great stuff just at the front of the shop. I couldn't go through it all, but I tried my best to showcase things that weren't as common as what you might find in other stores. And this is one of the best things about good guys music and sound. Whether you're looking for an acoustic guitar or ukulele, there's plenty to choose from in this shop. Brian and Ron are both awesome guys. So if you're in that city, go check it out. It's a fantastic little store. And again, every time you go into a store like this, you'll find something different. It's pretty wild. One of the best stores here in Australia is located in Perth, in Western Australia, or just outside of Perth. It's called Concept Music. Concept Music has a massive selection of Fender, Gibson, PRS, and Gretsch guitars, amongst many others. The amp room is awesome, and just the overall aesthetic design of the shop is really unique. There's also a lot of guitars hanging around the top edge of the shop, sort of around the rafters, on display and these are really unique pieces as well. The acoustic selection at Concept Music is definitely one of the largest and their acoustic room is really something special. Again, if you're in the city of Perth in Western Australia, 
go check out Concept Music. It's really worth checking out. This next guitar shop's one I always visit anytime I'm in Florida. It's actually located in Holly Hill, just outside of Daytona Beach. It's called The Guitar Attic. Now, Randy, the store owner, he's an absolute dude, great guitar player, and he has one of the best guitar destinations in the state, in my opinion. It's unreal. It's a small store in terms of its footprint, but it always has so much great stuff. I actually purchased some guitars from there in the past. What makes The Guitar Attic really unique is it's all used and vintage gear, which makes a visit well worth it if you're used to a guitar center you'll find completely different gear when it comes to the randy's guitar attic so definitely check it out if you're in the city of holly hill or somewhere near daytona it's definitely worth a visit i go to this shop every time i'm in town it's great so check it out this last shop is called walt grace vintage this is maybe one of the most american things i've ever seen it's so over the top in all of the awesome ways and the story behind this shop is just as impressive as the store itself it's not necessarily a shop, it's more of a gallery. If you like vintage cars and vintage guitars, you're going to get a kick out of this particular episode. There were so many great cars and so many great guitars that I didn't feature any of myself talking in the video necessarily about instruments. I got some overviews of the cars from a professional and I got to chat to Bill, the owner, about how he started the shop. And that story is really something special. Anyone who watched that episode watched way more than half. And I'm surprised it never got pushed on YouTube, which is really disappointing. Put a lot of work into that video. Rhiannon helped me with the camera work and it came up awesome. So if you want to watch something different, give it a watch. Walt Grace Vintage is really something special and I haven't seen another place like it. Enjoy. All right, let's get into it. I'm sure most people skip to this section. If you skip to it without watching the rest of the video, go back and watch the rest right after this. Everyone seems to do that. I don't know why. But anyway, let's get into the worst of 2022. Now, this is just my opinion. If something you own is in this list and it does the job for you, that's completely fine. This is just my experience with any particular piece of gear. So don't take it to heart. It's just my opinion. And you know what they say about opinions. Everyone's got one. That's <laughs> the clean way of saying it. The first item I'm throwing under the bus as the worst product of 2022 has to be the Custom Defender single 12-inch cab. Now, in theory, this should have been awesome. It's lightweight, it's small. I thought, man, this is going to be the cabinet that everyone will want to buy. Sadly, there's a few things about it that I don't love. Now, there's some redeeming factors. One, it's small and light, as I mentioned, but the speaker they put in there is terrible. One of the reasons this speaker is so bad is that it has a lot of speaker distortion. So not only are you getting the gain from the amplifier, but the speaker itself is fizzing out. I noticed a massive difference plugging what I consider to be one of the best amps of the year, that custom Defender 5 watt amp head, into a much better speaker, and I got completely different results. So this cabinet could have been awesome, but it's let down by the lackluster speaker. Additionally, you can't just replace the speaker with another one. The way the holes in the speaker are actually routed out, you can't just put another speaker in. I tried and it didn't work. I could only attach two screws. So you need to start drilling holes. If Custom re-released this cabinet with something even as bog standard as the Celestion 7080, this is going to be one of the best speaker cabinets on the market. It's not even going to be close. We get an open back cab. It's got lots of spread. The sad news is though, you can't just replace the speaker nice and simply like you could with any other plethora of speakers. This speaker is uniquely designed not to be easily taken out and modded with another one. So you're gonna have to drill some holes. It's a bit of a shame, but it is what it is. You can align two holes and that's it. The rest you'll have to drill. Now, if you love a really gnarly tweet tone without a lot of low end, and a lot of top end, then you'll get a kick out of this particular speaker cabinet. And it's fine for people just getting started. But when you compare the tone of this 
speaker versus any other speaker and cabinet, you're gonna notice a massive difference. So just keep that in mind. Number two on the worst of 2022 came down to poor reliability. Now, when I purchased this amplifier, I was hoping it would be something I would keep long-term. And I know a lot of people who own this amplifier who have had no problems with them. And this is the Supersonic 22. For those who tuned into my live streams, I kind of went over why I ended up returning this amplifier, but the biggest reason was it was just too unreliable and there was a lot of weird quirks with it that were making it unusable, at least for here in the studio. I took it out and played it live and it just started whistling one night and we thought it was the PA system. It ended up being the amplifier. And it also had a lot of other issues by just plugging in the provided foot switch, which is a great four button foot switch. I plug it in, the white noise of the amplifier would go up. It wasn't turning anything on or off. It was doing some really odd things. By the looks of it, the tubes were causing most of the problems. But interestingly enough, this was the second one of these amplifiers. So I played one in the shop. It had a lot of crackles. It was making AM radio sounds intermittently. I asked for a new one that was boxed. I ended up taking that home. It had exactly the same problems. Day two of using it in a studio situation recording with the band. I realized, man, this is doing some really crazy stuff. We had two or three of us on the floor tapping the valves, replacing them with other ones that worked in other amplifiers. And at the end of the day, we couldn't fix this issue. So I took it back and dodged a bullet. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, I'm having really bad luck with Fender amplifiers or extremely great luck. So my Fender Blues Deluxe is 10 years old and it's going strong. The one before that I had for many years with no problems. I've had so many Blues Juniors and other amplifiers from Fender that have caused me a lot of headache. And the Fender Supersonic 22, at least the one that I had, goes into the worst of the year just based on its reliability. And after testing it up against other amplifiers, it did exactly the same thing. So I don't know if it was a bad batch, but I definitely have to put this in the worst of 2022. Up next is something that's kind of great, but let down by a really lackluster neck pickup. And this was something that Ben had a chance to test here on the channel. So Ben, thank you again for all your help. I know we haven't done anything since, but man, I really do appreciate your time. This is the Squire 40th anniversary Telecaster. Now on the surface, this is a really beautiful guitar. It's built great. It feels nice in the hand. It's let down by one of the least inspiring neck pickup tones I've ever heard on a Telecaster. Interestingly enough, the bridge pickup sounds great, but that neck pickup is far too woolly sounding and just too rolled off in the high end. Overall, this guitar is beautiful and it won't take you much just to change that pickup out, but I wanted to throw this in here because we both felt like it was the most underwhelming Telecaster neck pickup we've both heard. And he said exactly the same thing. We were both hearing a very lackluster neck pickup. And again, visually, these are stunning. The anodized gold pickguard looks great gold plate on the back there's a lot to love about this but man how can you make such a beautiful guitar and put a really substandard neck pickup in it, it just boggles the mind let's talk about the best pedals of the year without question one of the ones i always look forward to testing out is the latest version of the pedal pal fx pal 800 this is a marshall in a box it also now has the slash mod and it sounds unbelievable i actually gave this pedal to dr rick and it's been a mainstay on his pedal board ever since. So it's a fantastic sounding Marshall in a box. If you've got a great clean channel amp and you want to make it sound like a Marshall, the Pedal Pal effects is as good as it gets. Over to my favorite delay pedal of 2022. It's from a company called Jux in France. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's called the Prisoner. This is an analog BBD style delay pedal that also has modulation. So it sort of turns it into a little bit of a tape delay in many ways just by bringing in that chorus effect. Now the modulation could be turned off completely and you get a beautiful sounding analog delay. That's how I prefer to use it. I use this on my pedal board from time to time and I took it overseas with me and shot all the videos at Jerry's Lefty Guitars with this delay pedal and it performed beautifully. 
and it's also very light but extremely well made. If you're in the market for an analog delay, I'll link this one down below. Up next is by far the best orange amplifier in a box that I've ever played. It's from a company called Tubestetter who make a great range of amp in a box style pedals without the cab simulation. So you can just go ahead and run it straight into a clean channel on an amplifier and it's going to transform your amp. This is a two channel pedal. So we get a clean channel and a dedicated drive channel and an EQ stack that relates to the clean and dirty channel. So it is very much like a two channel amp in a box. Ollie from Tubestead is an absolute wizard at making amp in a box pedals like this. He makes one based on a Dumble, a Fender amplifier, and many others. I'll link his website down below. He makes amazing stuff. Check him out. If you're on a budget, this next brand of pedal is the way to go. Or if you're just getting into effects, if you buy one of these, you're going to have really great tone at a more affordable price. These are pedals from the brand Kalen or K-Line, but I've always called it Kalen so I'm sticking to it. I've tested all three ranges of their current lineup of pedals and they're all extremely good. Whether we're talking about the G series, which I've most recently tested on the channel, and a few of those videos will come up even after this video, they're all exceptional quality considering the price. They're coming at about 49 US dollars, which is insane considering just how well they're built. Prior to that, I tested the DCP series, which are the dual pedals, and those are unbelievable. If you just want a one and done pedal, there's so many from that collection that are great. I'm not gonna put one specific one in, just go check out my videos again. Those will be down in that playlist down in the description. These pedals are unbelievable value. They sound great. And some of my pro friends who play live all the time and gig two or three times a week, sometimes use them on their board. That's how good they are. I wouldn't hesitate recommending these dual pedals for someone on a budget who still wants quality tone and a quality product. They're unreal. Kalen are doing really great stuff and their graphics have gotten so much better. I know that's the least important thing, but they look like a pro pedal. And to wrap this section up, there's two other pedals that really stood out in my mind when it comes to tone and quality. The first is the Blackbird Deluxe from VS Audio. This is essentially a Fender amp in a box with two different voicings. So you can either get like a Princeton or Deluxe reverb sound, and then you turn it down and you get the old brown face sound, which a lot of people tend to like if you like those tweed amps. On the other side of the pedal, there's a classic sounding vibrato. So this is a true two-in-one. It also has a dual gain feature, so you can double up the gain just by holding down one of the foot switches. This is something a lot of review videos seem to miss, but it's one of those things that's easily missed if you don't know it's there. But it's a great sounding Fender amp in a box, again, with that beautiful vibrato. The last pedal I'm putting on this list for this year is the Unobtainium pedal from Crazy Tube Circuits, much like the VS Audio pedal. This is made in Greece and the Greeks are making the best boutique pedals in the world. It's not even close. This pedal has two different Dumble voicings on the left hand side. You get a clean channel and then you get the overdrive special style sound. And then on the right hand side of the pedal, you get a Klon boost pedal. You can use them independently or together. And you can also get an optional external foot switch to change between the left hand side channels as well. This is really cool and it's one of the best pedals of the year. And that wraps up the best and worst of 2022. If you can, please leave a thumbs up. I appreciate it. Let us know in the comments section what the best or worst piece of gear is in your opinion of this year or something that you got to test or try. And let us know if you skipped ahead to the worst section first. I always appreciate seeing that in the comments. But go back, watch the rest. It's timestamped. I appreciate it. All links to the gear will be in the description below as well as the playlists mentioned in this video. Thanks again. Catch you soon. See you next year.